Hey guys, Dan Fagella here with Tech Emergence. I uh, figured I'd get you right up to speed about our interview today. We hopped right into our interview with uh, Bob Lampkin, who happens to be the managing director of Bay Angels, an angel group uh, near Boston. He's held numerous C-level uh, sales and marketing positions for various companies, including uh, Techno Venture Management, uh, which is a German and U.S. venture capital firm. Uh, today he talks about how his sales and marketing experience helps him as an investor and what kind of practical advice he has on sales and marketing for startups. So without further ado, we're going to hop right in. He's talking about his previous experience at Techno Venture Management. And I remember my managing partner uh, telling me that um, you are a venture partner, but really what you are is a management consultant with a different fee structure. Uh, that, that, that in fact, the biggest challenge for most investors when yep. they invest in smaller companies, or yep. not even larger companies, is that more often than not, they focus on the technology. Um, the technology is pretty easy to determine whether it works or doesn't work. Yep. And, and so most companies that have difficulty uh, during their um, you know, first few years, it's not because the technology doesn't work. More often than not, it does. It, the problem is that they don't know how to position the product. They don't have the right um, tools to understand who, who the the key players are and how to articulate their value proposition. In other words, most of them don't focus any of their energies on sales. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurial startups uh, focus on the fact that they've got this cool mousetrap that no one else has ever built. And yeah. my goodness, why wouldn't anybody just jump up and buy ten of these things? Uh, the reality is that people just don't buy things, especially from smaller and newer companies, unless it's really solving a, a, a serious problem or a pain point, as they say in the industry, um, for them to actually consider even uh, buying from those people. So a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the energies that I used with, when I was at TDM Capital was actually working with the CEO and the VP of sales of those companies and helping them to understand uh, how to put together their value proposition and how to position themselves. So hmm. if there's any advice, it's, it's you know, you can concentrate on the technology, but, but I worked on the, uh, the, the concept of assumptive technology. But these are smart people, and if they tell me the technology works, then it'll work. Yeah, now it's just time to get it, get it sold. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so let's let's uh, let's sell the stuff. So um, so okay. So your gig was obviously again not only uh, or, or with the group there was not only allocating the the capital, but also bringing the expertise to the table where you kind of do a little bit of it sounds like a little bit of kind of hands on nitty gritty in house work of digging in there and, and straightening out some of the marketing and sales processes for these newer companies when you guys would get in because I, I can imagine that the value there is as much if not more than you know, money itself. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is that you, uh, they, they, the, the term they use they're investing is smart money. Yes. You know, there's a lot of dumb money that goes in, and, and that happens <laughs> a lot, quite candidly, yep. with angel groups, where money goes in, and the, 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 they don't provide anything other than money, than money. And in most cases, these smaller companies can't afford to have the talent uh, of someone like myself or others who have been in the business for 20, 30 years. Um, and, and so therefore, they, they either go and hire some young kid who, who uh, 
that doesn't have the experience, or they try to wing it. And, and that's a fatal flaw. And so investing uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a startup company, you want to find investors who can add value. And then they open doors. They yeah. give advice, and it's much more valuable than the money. Got it. Um, and and it, uh, maybe, um, you know, they, they could potentially seek out folks with specific marketing or sales skills, not just technical skills as we're talking about here, or potentially ins with distribution channels or ins with potential partners that might serve as distribution channels. What sort of smart money, you know, sales and marketing specific, you know, brain power might a startup be looking for? You know, a guy like yourself has been you know, VP of marketing and sales for a variety of various companies. I mean, what what are you know, uh, what are some good ways where maybe companies could find that level of expertise, or what might they want to look for? Well, simply stated, you know, uh, an anecdote. My uh, oldest son was married uh, ten years ago, or so maybe twenty years. I couldn't have long ago. But anyway, <laughs> when he got married, he bought me a book. Uh, he handed me a book. It was called Fathers and Sons, and it was a cartoon book. And in the, this book, there was a cartoon uh, that had a picture of a man with his arm around his son. And the caption reads, now remember, son, it's not what you know, it's who I know. <laughs> so. And, and in essence, I know what I've done for a lot of small companies, I just have a very deep um, uh, portfolio of contacts within my Rolodex. Yeah. And, and it's really important to get someone who could open doors for you and, and give you the access that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise have. And it's very difficult to get access unless you have um, uh, content and context and people who can create the, um, you know, this relationship that says, listen, I, I've been working with this little small company here and blah, blah, blah. They've got some pretty cool stuff. I'd like to have you talk to them. This sounds like you know, brilliant to the to the uh, entrepreneur. Say, how the hell did you do that? I said, well, I did it because I've known these people for twenty years. Yeah, and they trust me. Yep. So, which which uh, yeah, you can't. I think number one is is really having uh, an investor that has a, a portfolio of relationships that can be applied to the whatever technology is it, being sold. Yeah. Um. And it sounds like again, you can't really bypass that too quickly with, with anything other than that experience and being really embedded there for a long time. Um, yeah, how would an entrepreneur go about, you know, they're approaching various angel groups or venture folks or, you know, whoever, whoever you know, individual investors, whatever the case may be, um, and, and they would like that kind of level of, of connectedness. I mean, you can't necessarily always find that on LinkedIn. Oh, this, you know, this guy at this angel group, you know, there's these five guys there that I at least know their names. You know, we look on you know, LinkedIn, they're connected to some people in our industry, maybe that's a good sign. I mean, you know, when you're out there looking for smart money as an entrepreneur, how do you sort of determine and discern who's got the Rolodex? Do you basically have to walk in there, pitch, and then have the conversation afterwards? So who do you know, anyway? Well, well let's put it this way. If, if someone were interested in approaching TVM Capital, where I was for 10 years, and they went to the TVM Capital website, all of our bios are on there. Yeah. And, and if you looked at my bio you would see what I've done over the last, you know, 20 years. And you could make some pretty good assumptions about who this person must know. Yep. 
Uh, and, and so I looked very carefully at the, uh, the, the bios of all of the people in the, uh, in the partnership. If, if you're talking to some um, recent Harvard MBA who came into the place because he had a Harvard MBA, and you look at his background and you find out that they haven't done anything, well, they might read textbook to you, but they're not going to be able to give you real-world uh, experience, real-world uh, conversations. Yeah. So it, the first place is to look at the bios. All of them have, you know, the team, and, and you can make some assumptions about it. Obviously, with LinkedIn now, it's a little bit easier because you can also find out where they've worked before. Um, but, but the one thing that's important for our consumers to realize is you are, uh, you are an asset, potential asset to this portfolio of companies that these, these uh, investors have. Yep. And, and I wouldn't shrink from that and just say, oh, God, you know, I'm just a poor entrepreneur and, you know, I have, to, I have to just do whatever they tell me to do. The fact of the matter is you are as much interviewing the investor as the investor is interviewing you. Huh. Yeah, so come, come from that very kind of discerning position of, of some value and, uh, yeah, of, of some kind of value and power in your, in your own right in terms of aiming to line things up properly, just like the investors are looking for a fit. Of course, entrepreneurs should, should have the same frame. Right, and, and I think what's, what's also really important is to come um, with, with you know, the honesty about what it is that you need. That sometimes the you know the entrepreneur will come in and, and try to fake it that they know all these things, and, and sometimes it's, it's just it's easy to say you know what I think I have a pretty good technology and we have a few clients that have made uh, you know express some interest, but candidly where we need your help uh, is in X Y Z and helping with introductions or evaluating the sales ah, presentation yeah, plan yeah, yeah. Or, or other things. So you've actually thought about what you need as opposed to just saying what you do and then uh, not really knowing what to expect. The second part about that is that too many of the entrepreneurs that you work with um, make, and make investors very nervous when they think they know it all. Uh, and especially in areas and domains that they're not that familiar with. Uh, it, it, it's not very hard to figure out who's faking it and who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. It's much more, much more appropriate to say what you're good at and areas where you could really use their help. The eight most, pop, most important words in the English language sometimes are, I have a problem and I need your help. People want to feel as though they can contribute. They also want to make certain that you are somebody that if they're on the board with you, that you can work with. Yeah. And uh, you're not going to be a pompous ass, and you're not going to be, um, you know, you'll be unwilling to learn from uh, the investors. By the same token, you can't be a shrinking violet either. You can't always do whatever the investors tell you uh, if you believe strongly that something else ought to be done. They're so, looking for strong people, but they're looking for people who are who, who are flexible and willing to listen. Yeah, it sounds like that really is the, the best of both worlds in many regards. I know we're coming right up on, on our time here. I, I just figured from my own uh, curiosity, and maybe because it'll be interesting for some of the other uh, entrepreneurs out there, do you see 
you know, of course, you're getting in there on kind of a consulting level in, in many respects you were with the companies you're getting involved in. Does your experience in sales and marketing have a pretty distinct influence on, you know, who you feel okay investing in? I mean, do, does your do, does your tractor beam, of course, it shouldn't focus there entirely. That would be, you know, seemingly silly. But does your tractor beam focus a little bit tighter on those areas that you're more familiar with? And, and is that more of a discerning factor for you than maybe others? You know, how tight is their sales and marketing? What are the opportunities in sales or marketing? Then other things, do you see that as kind of a, a lens that's an asset for you and really influences some of your choices there? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I think, you know, working as part of a team in a, in a venture capital firm, we all have our roles and assets. And, and I don't kid myself into thinking that I'm some technical genius. And, and I couldn't discern whether or not the technology that we're talking about was good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. What I can tell you is whether or not they have either the existing capacity to, to market the programs and, and to uh, put a sales uh, engine together, or um, to, 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 to have the ability to listen and to be willing to work with you to build a, a sales organization. So it, it's, it's really all about listening. It's all about making certain that the DNA is there. And there are some people who do not have the sales DNA, and, and they're going to try to push their technology, and that's going to be the end. Yep. Yeah. And, and clearly, that's yeah, so you clearly has a major influence on, on where we go. Got it. And and then lastly, I always ask for uh, you know just in case folks are um, you know intrigued to touch base or learn more about you guys. Uh, in terms of what you're primarily interested in, Bay Angels and the folks you're usually getting involved in now. Um, uh, maybe if, if it's useful to have a little bit of a gist of you know who you're generally working with there, you know the best place for entrepreneurs to potentially reach out if, if it seems like a fit or if it matches up with what you guys are into. So maybe give us a little bit of a tidbit on on Bay Angels. I know well, that's what you're managing. It's just, right. just a little Bay Angels. To be quite quite honest, it's uh, in hiatus right now. Uh, I think what what happens with um, with a lot of angel groups, uh, angel groups for the most part. Uh, or not for the most part, are often social groups where yes. people of like mind get together yeah. and they, they, you know, it's as much of a social activity as it is uh, a management activity. And here at Cape Cod, we, we, we found that, that um, the, the entrepreneurs that are, are the investors that we have worked with in the past um, had multiple places where they can invest. Yeah. They're individual investors and they belong to several angel groups. Yeah. So, so I think in terms of Bay Angels, it's just a group of individuals who like to meet together. <laughs> nice. uh, but there are other companies like the Launchpad and yeah. Common Angels and uh, Boston Harbor Angels and a whole host of them in the Boston area that are very, very, um, very focused. They have you know thirty five, forty um, members. members. Yeah. Many of those members have distinct skills that could be of uh, value. But in all cases, and I do have to pull off a second, yep. in all cases, the, the the entrepreneur has to realize that they have to be quick uh, to the point uh, and make certain that they know what their ask is uh, before they go in there. Well, oftentimes, somebody will, if they get a chance to speak, they speak for an hour or 45 minutes, and after uh, that period of time, the, the investors say, could you tell me again what you do? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so be, be concise. You've got a minute and a half. You've got literally 90 seconds. 
yep. to get their attention. Otherwise, they will glaze over. Understood. Well, that's that's it for for me, Bob. Hey, I don't want to drag you too far over time. I sincerely appreciate you shedding uh, some insight um, and and being able to let us a, l a little bit into kind of your investor brain today. I appreciate it more than you know. You bet. You, you bet. You bet. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're an entrepreneur or a future thinker uh, with an interest in businesses, transitions, or technologies that have the potential to alter human potential, then make sure you check out techemergence.com. It's our main blog site where you can see all of our other interviews with uh, top startup leaders, uh, entrepreneurship experts, and folks in the domain of technology, cutting-edge emerging technology. Uh, if you have a particular interest in how technology can affect the future of human consciousness and our conscious experience, and be sure to also check out sentientpotential.com. There we explore a lot of the ethical considerations and really serious moral matters of emerging technologies, in addition to interviews with great philosophers and technology experts of our day. Uh, more than anything else, always feel free to reach out if you can find us via email. Um, you can reach out to us there or whatever other way. Find us on the blog. Be sure to drop comments. We believe that the serious uh, conversation about the future is not only open-minded, but also interdisciplinary and multifaceted. So we'd like nothing more than to be able to glean your ideas as well. Uh, so with that being said, with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Fagella signing off. And we'll see you next week.